Vox Quick Hits. Over the last year, you've probably noticed it's been harder to buy lots of stuff. Toilet paper, dumbbells, furniture, bicycles. Mostly, this is because of issues with the supply chain, problems occurring at manufacturing facilities that hold up the production process. But last summer, parents across the country found themselves unable to get their hands on the must-have product of the season, the Nugget Comfort Couch, which is basically a couch that's made to be a fort. But the hitch wasn't in the supply chain. The couches were simply selling out moments after a new batch was released online. And it's not just the Nugget. PlayStation 5s, Funko Pops, and most of all sneakers were disappearing as soon as they hit the internet. Casey Taylor is a writer who covered this mystery for Vox.com. Hey, Casey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. So why are in-demand items selling out so quickly? Uh, lots of reasons, but in short, uh, sneaker resellers primarily. Okay, so back up a little bit. What is sneaker resale and how has it changed how we're online shopping? So sneaker resale is something that actually has roots in sneaker culture dating back uh, decades. Um, essentially it's like, you know, Nike releases rare Jordans or they'll release like Adidas with Yeezy. They'll release like very limited sneakers that collectors go after. It is traditionally very difficult to obtain because you either have to know somebody at a boutique or, uh, as e-commerce kind of started to fire up, you have to be really, really fast to get in to purchase them before they sell out. It sounds like, uh, you know, in the past, we might have had that image in your mind of like all the, you know, teen boys lined up outside of a store. Where are they selling those sneakers and and how has that evolved? That still happens or it happened, right? I mean, uh, as recently as like last year, there would still always be in-store releases. But when the pandemic started, people stopped lining up for very obvious reasons. You don't want like 50 or 60 people all within like a foot of each other for three, four hours waiting for shoes. So they stopped camp outs last year and everything started to get released via e-commerce, right? Um, this has been going on for a while. It's not necessarily new. E-commerce platforms have been selling sneakers and Nike launched the sneakers app uh, a few years ago at this point. It's, it's extremely popular where they do kind of like online raffles or lottery systems for super exclusive pairs of shoes. But when everything moved online, what ended up happening was uh, a dynamic that people in the sneaker community have seen for a while, which is uh, developers that have created kind of online bots that automate the checkout process, do things like adding to cart and checking out and entering credit card information faster than humanly possible. Basically, they're able to snatch up stock within 30 seconds of it going live on a site unless the proper protections are in place to stop them from doing so. And it sounds like there are a couple of kind of bots. Is that right? There's like the ones that uh deal with product skews and and knowing that these drops have happened. And then there's the ones that come in and sort of fill everything out for you. It's less different kinds of bots and more like an evolution of them, right? So it mm. started mostly as product monitors. What they would do is they would comb the back end of places like Shopify, which is like a really popular e-commerce platform that most retailers end up using to like power their online shops. Like what the bots were doing, the product monitor bots were essentially monitoring the back end of Shopify's database, seeing when specific retailers were uploading uh, individual products, right? So then they were able to see like, okay, here's when this product page is going to go live. 
Here's the URL before anyone else has it. And here's about how many of each size this uh, retailer has put online. That evolved then into checkout automation bots. Uh, it's essentially like a scaling feature. Instead of going in and getting one pair of shoes and making 100 bucks on it, now you're able to go in and get a dozen pairs of shoes with a $100 profit and make 1200 bucks instead. Okay, so that's all fine for like sneaker nerds and people who are deeply, deeply invested in the idea that sneakers are a different value than they actually are. But how did this start hitting, you know, moms and gamers and everyone else out there who wanted to buy stuff? Well, a combination of, of bad things. <laughs> the first is that like... Uh, when the secret got out about sneaker automation, right? Because that was also the first thing that went big on, on StockX, which is a huge secondary market that uh, a lot of this stuff gets sold on. When word got out about how much money was involved in sneakers, more and more people started to flock towards sneaker automation bots and product monitors and things like that. So now bots are competing with other bots in the sneaker game at the very least, which makes it very, very difficult. So some entrepreneurial uh, hustler folks from sneaker Twitter started to realize that there was all this other exclusive product out there, which would be like trading cards or stamps, rare coins. Um, the PS5 and Xbox consoles are probably like the most notable example right now of things that everyone wants, but no one can line up to get either because of the pandemic. And with an added benefit of going after retailers that had never dealt with people like them before. So these retailers didn't have the same money invested that like Nike or Shopify did uh, for their e-commerce platforms to prevent automation bots from checking out so much stock. So what ends up happening is they saw the demand, they realized there was no competition over there, and then they just flocked that way while everyone else was fighting over the scraps of Jordan 1s. They were cleaning up and getting 40 and 50 PS5s, making four to $500 profit on each one. So, I mean, that artificial scarcity seems to be the, the key to everything. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I mean, to be frank, it's like there's no reason why Nike, which is one of the biggest companies in the world, can't make enough sneakers to satisfy demand. But it's very beneficial for them to not do so uh, because human psychology dictates that unlike what you would expect, which is if you're like obsessed with something, you don't get it, you'll just stop being obsessed. It's not really the case. You want to keep trying to acquire that thing. It also ends up serving a significant marketing purpose. I mean, like how much would you love to be the brand that has people lined up around the block to buy your product? Now, never mind the fact that there are thousands and thousands, if not millions and millions of pairs of Nikes that go unsold every single year that end up donated somewhere or tossed in a scrap heap or something like that. The Jordans that come out that there's only 20,000 of everyone wants to buy. And now you get the image of having the biggest and the best thing. And you have people that are basically doing your marketing for you by consistently posting about all the stuff that they're getting. For people who've never bought one, when you enter into get a shoe on sneakers and you end up getting it, you get this big image that comes on your phone and says, got them in like huge letters with the picture of the shoes. And it says like, do you want to tweet this photo? Do you want to share this photo? And people always <laughs> do. People post it every, every morning at 10 a.m. is when sneakers releases happen, Monday through Saturday. And if you log on Twitter and search for like, got them, you will see images starting at like 10.05 that start floating in, 
right? So it's like they are making people feel like they're privileged to purchase their product. Wow. And that's really important to the, how this whole thing works because if you could just get it, there wouldn't be a secondary market either. So the bots are kind of like they're a problem for retailers, but they're also like the ultimate compliment. Pretty much. Yeah, because like, um, yeah, that's probably a good way to think about it. It's very it's it's self-perpetuating in that way. It's like people are creating this because they want the thing so badly, but because there's so many other people that want the thing so badly, now these people don't want them as much as they want the 800 bucks that they can get for the product that they acquired. Casey, thank you so much for explaining all of this to us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Casey's been a contributor for Vox.com, and you can find him on Twitter at CT Pretty. 